Hi, this is Boja. WCBN FM and I'm simply wild about my good cocaine. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm troubled. Listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. The show is Gray Matters. Welcome to an- another edition, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. <clears throat> and I'm Jim Dwyer. I rarely make comments about sports, but uh, Joe Burrow uh, grew up in my hometown. He's the LSU starting quarterback, and he won the Heisman. And I'll tell you what, he gave a great speech when he accepted the award in New York City. Because he talked about poverty and hunger, uh, which is indigenous uh, a problem that's sort of uh, locally familiar to me as somebody that grew up in Athens County, which is where Ohio University is. This is an example, by the way, of a moment where somebody's in the spotlight and they do the right thing. So... I don't think I've ever rooted for LSU, <laughs> but I guess I'll root tonight for Joe Burrow and LSU. Yeah. Um, there you go. There you go. Uh, LSU, by the way, is where Les Miles uh, was coaching when he refused the Michigan job. <clears throat> That's another story. And uh, sticking with the dumbest coaching move I've ever seen in sports, I don't know what Houston was doing yesterday when they faked that punt on their 30-yard lineup by 17. That goes down as the biggest brain damage award I've ever seen in strategic coaching. Uh, And with that, we move on to the strategic brain damage awards of uh, the Donald Trump administration. Uh, The stories are falling apart, not surprising. Um, obviously this horrendous shoot down of the, uh, of the airplane in Tehran was a a blunder of major proportions. Um, but it was part of this atmosphere of tension and retaliatory strikes and panicking. And let's remember that the United States shot down an Iranian, yeah, civilian airliner in 1988 when Ronald Reagan was president 
when uh, the United States Navy was patrolling the Persian Gulf on behalf of Saddam Hussein. Um, this is the complexity of the Middle East. Well, it's more than that. Yeah. It's, it's evidence of the phenomena that once you initiate a heightening of tension, people slip. People make mistakes. People overreact. People misjudge uh, events as they're happening quickly and make split decisions that turn out to be devastating in the cost of human life. Iran has admitted it's an accident. It took them a couple of days to do so, although all the evidence made it pretty plain, uh, you know, as it first emerged. Uh, but again, it, it didn't happen out of the blue. It happened in the context of this situation, precipitated by a bonehead maneuver that apparently had been decided upon seven months ago, is the story today, that, yeah, Trump decided to attack this guy seven months ago. Well, and he did so while he was playing lots of golf and, quote, watching television. Um, what is There are so many things about this that are more and more alarming as the facts uh, start uh, unraveling. It, it certainly took the Ukraine uh, and, and the impeachment. Uh, well, the Ukraine, of course, is dragged back into the, the story on this one, so forget about that. But uh, it knocked impeachment out of the uh, media's focus for a good week. Well, it did, but the impeachment is obviously not going away, and I think it's quite obvious that Nancy Pelosi's strategic thinking about holding these articles back for a couple of weeks was very smart indeed. Uh, she wanted to prevent Donald Trump from uh, trying to spike the ball in the end zone uh, during his State of the Union, which is scheduled to happen in a couple of weeks shortly after the Super Bowl. I think, will there be a laugh track this year? Well, who knows, but uh, there should be because the... You know, all the good old canned laughs from like the Brady Bunch shows where you get the... <laughs> laugh. That's right. Well, That's and we also, need. let's face it, the Trump administration is increasingly uh, beginning to resemble the Adams family. Doodle-doo-doo. <laughs> uh, you rang. <laughs> Jared Kushner is Lurch. Uh, and, boy, Mike you know, Pompeo was the, the, Uncle Festus. You know. He's Uncle Festus for sure. Uh, the body language on that guy, he's the worst liar yeah. in the Trump administration is Mike Pompeo. His body language just emanates. Uh, I'm just this. I'm pulling this one out of my uh, out of my butt here. Yeah. I mean, it's like eminent attack. Come on. Uh, let's face facts. Iran. Uh, and as you know, um Retaliatory strikes in, in Iraq have been going on for quite some time. Uh, we're getting more information that uh, about a, 200 American uh, military personnel uh, were killed by the uh, Revolutionary Guard in these uh, in this internecine civil war that's been going on. So the fact that the United States invaded Iraq is uh, kind of been left out of some of the... Uh, the talking points of some of the defenders of the president. How alarming to see all of the boneheads from 2001, 2002, and 2003 back on television uh, giving advice to the American people about military options in, in the Middle East and uh, why this was worth it. And uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, you know, Yogi Berra, deja vu all over again. And um, the eminent attack idea on the embassy is 
in my opinion, ludicrous on its face. Trump has cited four embassies. Um, I don't even know that America has four allies anymore. And uh, for Benjamin Netanyahu to be informed before our allies, including our military allies that are still in Iraq, like uh, Great Britain, uh, is very troubling. Let's also not forget that Mike Pompeo is a man of the rapture. He believes in the rapture, baby. And uh, that is some scary stuff. And uh, theocracy, let's leave that to the Iranians. Uh, not Who, the by the way, are American showing government. the signs of a robust internal debate about the future of that nation. Uh, there's a generational gap there that's difficult for Americans to comprehend the 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 devastating losses that both Iran and Iraq experienced in the lengthy almost ten year war between those two countries. Yeah, the in, US the, in the 1980s, yep. played the one against the other. Uh, like the British in World War One, you know, the lost generation, an entire generation was wiped out. That That's very nearly what happened in Iran. So there is a younger generation there uh, that is now coming into, you know, the age of their professional careers. And as odious as, as the Iranian government. Who wants something better than what they've got. They want more democracy. They want more access to the world and its culture. And they're quite westernized. And let's, Indeed. Re let's remember that it was Saddam Hussein that invaded Iran not the other way around. Uh, there have been many debates about who was behind that um, invasion, but the Saudis certainly uh, told it, uh, Saddam Hussein that they would bankroll uh, his uh, operation. They, of course, are the rivals. It's of the Shia-Sunni thing again. Yes, in the, in the region. And this, of course, was part of the explanation uh, for why Saddam Hussein foolishly invaded Kuwait. Uh, in 1990, uh, he had some resentment towards um, uh, the reparations that he wanted Kuwait to pay Iraq compensation. Kuwait was involved with the Saudis in this original decision in 1980. Of course, the United States uh, couldn't, shall we say, on principle, speak out about this invasion because it happened uh, several weeks before the 1980 presidential election. And, of course, Iran was still holding hostages. But uh, embassy attacks have been an option for the Revolutionary Guard for, frankly, well over a decade. This monstrosity that we've built in Baghdad uh, that we noted a couple of weeks ago is the size nearly of Vatican City is part of the problem. Uh, this is a monument to stupidity, um, and it is remarkable, uh, given all of the carnage that has occurred in the Middle East over the last 40 years, that many factual events are simply being uh, buried under the sand, <laughs> to borrow a metaphor. Let's also remember that Zia ul-Haq, was blown up in an airplane in 1988. Uh, he was the leader... Pakistani premier. Yeah, who executed Zulfikar Ali Bhutu, uh, imposed a form of Sharia law in Pakistan, and was our conduit in the war in Afghanistan. 
which of course continues. Mike Pompeo has asserted repeatedly that the world is safer. Well, we just saw over the weekend another attack in Afghanistan. Um, the low-intensity conflict, the asymmetrical warfare will continue. I don't think Trump is ever going to be able to produce any evidence to verify these claims. And how bizarre to have uh, Senator Mike Lee, a Republican from Utah, mm -hmm. call that the worst military briefing I've ever heard. It was an insult. An insult. There was no evidence. Mike Pompeo continues to claim that the attack was imminent. We just didn't know where or when. Uh, the only thing that was has been imminent in the last couple of weeks is that there's going to be a Senate trial uh, over the impeachment of Donald Trump. And the debate, of course, is whether there will be witnesses, as he demanded. But now he's retreating on that one as well. Of course, by the end of the week, Donald Trump was upset by the upstaging of his uh, egocentric world uh, as Meghan and Harry, Prince Harry, took over the media attention. So let's tell Donald Trump that the Duchy of Sussex is an available position for Donald Trump's future That's political... just what Boris wants. <laughs> Donald Donald Trump could be the Duchess, and we could really have Donnington Abbey. Donnington Abbey. It's, it's a, a new re reality television show that Americans are clamoring for with <clears throat> Donald Trump starring, not as the thing from the Adams family, but uh, the Duchess <clears throat> of Sussex. More like the thing from the John Carpenter movie. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the Middle East is uh, part of Jared Kushner's portfolio. Uh, it's well, it's been, been a while since he's had a play date with sleepover chum uh, Prince Mohammed bin Sal Salman. Yeah, well, it was interesting to see that his uh, younger brother of MS MBS was dispatched to Washington to consult with Donald Trump about regional uh, war problems. I'm sure Sean Hannity was there uh, elbow to elbow in the mix. Well, that's the problem. And for Donald Trump, to, it, when we're informed that Donald Trump was watching lots of television while he was playing golf uh, during the, these recent uh, incidents in Iraq, protests and uh, rocket attacks and whatnot, that he was getting angrier and angrier as he watched television. Well, that's no surprise. That's, that's what you call quality programming. <laughs> Sean Hannity uh, obviously is Donald Trump's main, main intelligence source, and he's a very angry guy. He's on television every day getting angry about everything. With um, a high school diploma, I think, is his... The well, and the other thing that's remarkable novel. that he omits from his, um, I don't know, Ph.D. dissertation on American culture is that the Republicans have been running the country for the last 40 yeah. years. <laughs> All these disasters in the Middle East have pretty much been their doing... Uh, these uh, expenditures, the, the, the carnage, the human uh, cost in, tr in, in, in terms of human life, both in the Middle East and here at home, is staggering and is, remains unaddressed. Um, I, of course, over the weekend uh, checked out a book 
that I had read many years ago called Dissent, uh, Voices of Conscience. Government insiders speak out against huh. the war in Iraq. Uh, Dan- Daniel Ellsberg, by the way, wrote the foreword to this book. Uh, he's got a new book out, by the way, uh, about nuclear war, uh, which I have not read. But this is a very fascinating uh, book about, um, well, it's it's actually got, by the way, the Gulf War resolution that there's so much debate about. I don't really know if I want to go into a lot of that tonight. But. Well, we'll talk about that after the next Democratic debate because yeah. Bernie's going to try to rub Joe Biden's face in it. Yeah, that'll be an, a recurring theme. Of course, it's also got the Downing uh, memos in their entirety, minus one page. And, of course, what's interesting about the Downing memos, these were the British uh, intelligence exchanges between high-ranking British uh, members of both the Parliament and the intelligence services in Britain regarding issues like the weapons of mass destruction and their repeated observation that the Bush administration had absolutely no plan for the post-war occupation of Iraq. They also noted that the Bush administration was trying to provoke incidents in Iraq with the so-called no-fly zone. Um, and let's remember the chronology here. Uh, as you continue to hear these false assertions about Congress's responsibility in the Iraq war. Yes, the resolution had its flaws and was poorly worded in some spots, but most of it centered on diplomatic uh, approaches to of, about going through the United Nations. Uh, that effort failed by the Bush administration. Remember Colin Powell and the vial of anthrax that he was shaking around. Uh, And Hans Blix, who was brought back into Iraq, this was part of the UN Resolution 441, that interestingly passed three days after the midterm elections of 2002. The Congressional Resolution of 2002 was intended as a political uh, gambit, And how refreshing to see Karl Rove back on television. (laughs) Bush's brain has reemerged, and I believe that the thing may be holding it. As for Eddie Munster, uh, he will make a guest appearance in this new sitcom. Stephen Miller (laughs) bears a striking resemblance to Eddie Munster. I cannot figure out who Pugsley is, but it might be <laughs> Mick, Mick yeah, Mulvaney. Yeah, he, he works for that. A little resemblance. Yeah, no. Well, somebody, Obviously, Morticia Adams has got to be Melania. Oh, that's Melania, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Tuesday. That that can be the press secretary who never holds press conferences. Grisham. Right. She's in the crypt with Nosferatu. I'll, I'll talk to Fox News or Breitbart-affiliated uh, media outlets, but uh, speak before the American people via a host of uh, duly accredited broadcasters and uh, reputable writers? Never. Yeah, and of course, you know, note the uh, disproportionate emphasis on protests in Iran, which have been occurring. They've also been occurring here in the United Indeed. States. Uh, anti-war protests. So, uh, you know, to paraphrase Mike Pompeo, 
uh, the war protests in America um, are a demonstration against the corruption and stupidity of the Trump administration. And, uh, well, stay tuned, because uh, these problems that Trump has created for himself um, are not going away. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, this... Uh over the weekend, uh, Esper, uh, Secretary of Defense, backing away from the well, I didn't see any evidence, but the president believed and I agree that it was OK to make the strike based on our his belief that blah, blah, blah. That he uh, got from Sean Hannity. Yeah, it's it's all just sort of uh, wing dang doodle. Uh, but I think it was the Washington Post uh, recently uh, updated the checklist and. In just over a thousand days of the uh, Trump administration, Trump has told over 15,000 lies. In other words, when has he ever told the truth? I mean, that's uh, 15 lies a day. Yeah. And that's one of his problems with selling this uh, airstrike, this assassination of the American people. Uh, clearly, he lacks any credibility whatsoever. Yes, he has his fans uh, that watch Fox News, and he has apparently um, used this attack to, quote, God is on our side. And one of the most alarming things he did shortly after the assassination was to hold a rally in Florida, attended mainly by um, the Christian evangelical community, and Donald Trump asserted in his speech that God is on our side. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, is a very scary assertion. Uh, many have asserted this. I believe all were wrong. <laughs> I believe this assertion goes back to the the dawn of man. I'm sure that those uh, apes in the Stanley Kubrick movie were convinced that God was on their side. Uh, many have asserted this, but nobody has verified it. So Bob Dylan has a fine song about it, which uh, you can hear from time to time. Yeah, here on, on WCBN, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Maybe uh, somebody needs to program into the White House TV clicker. There's got to be some channel out there somewhere. Let's let's get this guy exposed to some less angry programming. Uh, what he really should be watching to bone up on uh, is lack of any uh, ability to follow any detailed intelligence briefings that he might receive. He, he should start watching Get Smart. Yeah. And uh, Agent Maxwell Smart uh, can show him the ropes, and he can get up to speed pretty quick uh, with that show. And, of course, I partly make that joke because uh, the great Buck Henry yeah. uh, passed away last week. And uh, although it's a sort of just a cultural side note, uh, he had a pretty major imprint on uh, the humor end of the entertainment industry, which, of course, means the world to... Uh, People like you and I who love to laugh, and uh, I would imagine most WCBN listeners love to laugh at the great body of work that Buck Henry produced, uh, The Graduate, probably the most famous. But I always thought that when he hosted Saturday Night Live, those were the best episodes of those seasons because the entire cast sort of elevated their game because they were happy to work with Buck Henry. And if you dig those old episodes up, those are hysterically funny. Yes, he... Samurai optician. He was a uh, comic genius, and, and I heard a critic note that he had this kind of um, 
naughty look about him. <laughs> That you could look at Buck Henry and almost crack without up. a word. Yeah, he could just uh, shape his face into a sort of a, a, a glint. Uh, one of his movies that I think didn't really have received the uh, appreciation it deserves is Catch Twenty Two. Indeed, which it's not an easy book to make a movie of, and so it was a fairly ambitious undertaking. Director Mike Nichols, going back to Buck Henry as a screenplay writer, uh, but. Forget about comparing it to the book. Take it in its own terms, and it's a very interesting and a very amusing movie. So if you've never seen Catch-22, that would be a, a fine way to uh, re-examine the work of uh, late great humorist Buck Henry. Yeah, and it has a great cast. Um, Bob Newhart as Major Major. He's Major Major, and Orson Welles makes an appearance as a very, uh, uh, very funny... Very funny uh, scene as as a, as a general, uh, as, quite a secretary, quite a secretary. But uh, Orson Welles uh, wondering why we're giving out awards for bombs that were dropped in the ocean. Of course, it is an absurd look at World War II, which was not an absurd event. But uh, Buck Henry and Mike Nichols were entertainers, uh, not theologians, and. Uh, Hey, they worked together on The Graduate and Catch-22. Great uh, kind of all-star cast in Catch-22, by the way. Well, it's one of those. uh, Joseph Heller, of course, was a veteran of World War II, and so the book is shaped by his experiences there. And it's sort of a commentary on the general absurdity of war, even though none of them would, you know, uh, call World War II a ridiculous thing. but a lot of those uh, comedies and Robert Altman's MASH, I think, falls into that category, too, are they're about a different war, but they're really commenting on the Vietnam War. Sure. Um, uh, the John Voight character, Milo Minderbinder, the, uh, hey, we can sell anything for a buck. You don't have any parachutes anymore because I can sell the silk over here and I'm going to buy coffee. And uh, the the money that's generated out of the industries that surround war. And of course that goes on in war. Yeah. Uh, you know, you always have to e- you always have to even be suspicious of uh, press conferences uh, held by the Saudi Arabian government in which they display a missile. They claim it was uh, this was the missile that hit the oil facilities. I found the um, fact that the missile had English written on it somewhat puzzling. One would think that if it came from Iran, it would not be, it would not have English on the side of the missile. Did it say uh, hello there, like the one Major Kong rode down? <laughs> well, it didn't say where's Waldo, and it didn't say Kilroy was here. But uh, uh, those kinds of little details sometimes uh, puzzle me. Uh, of course, the American government accused Iran of being behind that attack. Were uh, not. Sure about that? Yeah. Still. Well, we're still not sure either about the uh, Saudi uh, military personnel who uh, are being trained at the Pensacola base shooting. Uh, uh, "Quote unquote," Attorney General Barr today saying that. Well, we're asking Apple to help us uh, get into the guy's phone. He shot his own phone. Apparently, that's a 
new form of, I guess, that selfie side to shoot your own phone. Uh, but <laughs> obviously large. he's to try uh, the shooter at Pensacola yeah, sure. not to make light of that horrible situation. But the dude shot his phone to destroy the capacity to trace whom he was speaking to. It's You can get those records. Bar is full of crap there. There's a lot of ways to get the records of uh, what a guy's phone has done short of going through Apple to get the password. And um, I, but the Saudis have been getting away with a lot. Well, they have, and I even am wondering why on earth are Saudis even being trained in the United States at taxpayer Indeed. expense? Can't you send somebody to air, train them there? For, you know, air... Um, uh, you know, boning up on your airplane skills. Uh, gee, what about nine eleven? Right. Uh, it's it's incredible. Um, uh, the Saudi government was not behind nine uh, eleven, but uh, Osama bin Laden uh, was, and he used quite a number of Saudis in the operation. Um, you know. Uh, by the way, there's a very interesting. New York Times magazine piece uh, in yesterday's edition oh, about yeah, I saw that. I haven't read it yet. MBZ. He is the leader of the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and they are important. Uh, it's interesting that they are uh, working with Russia in Libya. Uh, a ceasefire was announced there. And how fascinating to see uh, Putin uh, flying to Syria over this past week and also meeting with Merkel about the, the the gas pipeline. Uh, Donald Trump is delusional if he thinks NATO is going to go into Iraq to bail out the American uh, cavalry. It's lunacy. Uh, more lunacy next week uh, here on Gray Matters, here on WCBN-FM. By then, Donald Trump will have cured cancer. Well, and taking credit for the... Uh, for, for something else that the sun there. has risen yet again it is i it is i i am the <laughs> sun king and uh and have been reincarnated thanks to andrew for engineering do stay tuned yazoo city calling coming up next on this fine station hear that that's the sound of detroit techno Want to hear more? Tune in to Crush Collision, one of the world's longest-running underground electronic music broadcasts, Thursdays, 10 p.m. to midnight. All shows are live mixed, featuring guest DJs and collaborations with the Michigan Electronic Music Collective. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. 